Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. Today, man, I'm really excited. I'm going to be talking all about overcoming guilt. And my guest today, she comes all the way from around the world. Samantha Pillay is joining us. She overcame physical limitations uh, from hip dysplasia and smashed the glass ceiling to become South Australia's first female urological surgeon. She is a passionate businesswoman, founder, and entrepreneur. Her first, she's written a couple books. So her first two books were The No Recipe Cookbook and When I'm a Surgeon. They were number one bestsellers on Amazon. And her career, uh, her inspirational careers picture book series inspires children to believe uh, in themselves, to dream big and aim high and instill that self-belief. She's one of the four finalist nominees for South Australia uh, Women of the Year or Australian of the Year. Wow, Samantha, I I even cut out some of your intro. I mean, like the list goes on. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Marketing. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Katie. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, and I, I always love it whenever I have an Aussie on because then I get to hear that fun accent, and um, you know, it's it makes me it makes me so happy. So, talk to us really quick, Samantha, about you know what made you decide to you know become an entrepreneur? Because the majority of listeners here on Rocky Mountain Marketing are all entrepreneurs; they're small business owners, and you know, it's always great hearing the why behind why you decided to leave the corporate world. Well, I never really went into the corporate world as such. I did my surgical training, which, you know, is extensive, um, sort of another 10 years after uh, med school. And I was the first woman to do urology. And I saw an area of need There's in female urinary incontinence, it's an area of urology that often doesn't get a lot of attention. It concentrates on prostates and cancer. And I really wanted to set up a centre of excellence. Um, I saw a need for that to really get a focus and not be left behind or as an afterthought or as a small add-on. And I really wanted that centre. Being the only woman doing my surgical specialty in my state, uh, rather than, I suppose, join another group of surgeons, um, which is uh, what you often be familiar with surgical practices, I'm sure there, I decided that the way I was going to really get a focus and get attention, because this was like more than 20 years ago, uh, on that area was to, to, and I really inspired by North America, which had embraced subspecialization a lot earlier than us, was to set up a centre, a unique place that said, okay, we specialise in this particular condition and it's all we do. Um, and I wanted to start that centre to, to create that dream, that vision, to be able to really sub-specialise in that area and then attract other people who worked, other surgeons and doctors, healthcare providers that worked just in that area to build a centre of excellence. So that was how it started. 
and like most medical students or surgical graduates, I had knew nothing about business. I had no experience, no training, um, and I'd worked in a video store <laughs> as a medical student uh, to give you some idea of my age, um, video hire. Like most small business owners, I had a dream, I had a passion, I wanted to provide a service, I saw a need, I wanted to solve a problem, and I just went for it. I love that. And I think that with a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, it's something where we don't feel like we necessarily fit into like a, a, a round peg trying to squid and fit, fit into a square pole, or maybe it's just the reverse, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole because we want something more. And I know that for, for me with becoming an entrepreneur, it was because I was laid off from my dream job. Like I thought that I was going to be there forever. I had great perks. I had a great boss. And then a merger happened and I was like, well, well now what, you know, everything had been running exactly the way that I wanted it to go. And then I found out I was pregnant and which is, I say that like with like a down, oh no, but no, like I was so excited that I was pregnant with, with daughter number two, but I was like, man, talk about like terrible timing. Now, what am I going to do? Who's going to want to hire me? And then me be like, well, I'm going to go on maternity leave. So I already was suffering from a lot of mom guilt. And I think that that is one of the biggest things as, as whether you're in corporate or if you are an entrepreneur, we do tend to have a lot of mom guilt because, you know, we're, we're trying to do all the things we want to be a good parent. And we also want to be a good employee or a good business owner. And so that guilt creeps in, talk to us just a little bit about, you know, how you can end some of that working, working mom guilt. Yeah. I think, you know, you highlighted um, when it comes to a career, there's never really a good time to have children. Um, the, the, I, I unfortunately ended up being a single mum, not what I also, not the dream that I had. And I was a surgeon and I owned and ran a business, a medical centre. So it was pretty crazy. And I grew up, you know, with a stay-at-home mum, I had severe working mum guilt and I really tried to, uh, in the early days, juggle things. Fortunately, I was able to afford some home help when it came to, you know, cooking, cleaning and looking after my son as a one-on-one with a nanny and not having to use childcare. So I was in that luxurious position. But I would make sure that I really got rid of all the sort of domestic duties so that when I wasn't working, I could maximise time with my son as far as play. Now, that still wasn't enough because I was working ridiculous hours as a surgeon. And necessity is the mother of invention. I uh, never expected uh, how hard it would be to leave my son once I had him. You know, when you haven't had kids, you sort of think, oh, yes, you know, and I'll just like hand him over and pop off to work. Without any tears, the so I, he came into work every day until he was eighteen months of age. And having a business owner as well, which not all doctors go down, gave me some autonomy and flexibility to do a lot of administrative work from home. Which is, I think, one reason entrepreneurship is such a fantastic career for women. Um, but also surgery, as I worked for myself and. One of the things I've written about um, on my website is why surgery, which classically is thought to be the worst career for women, is actually the best career because of the skills you get 
and the autonomy it gives you. And I realised that there were a number of reasons that uh, why I was able to deal with guilt over time. One is, as everyone says, put on your own oxygen mask first, okay? I realised that if I, everyone's different, but for me, my individual, my love for learning, my love for purpose, my love for work, I love working, um, made me a better mother than I would have been if I didn't have that career. That was a really important aha moment, you know, Mm -hmm. that I was going to be a better mum. And then all the skills that I realised that I got that made me a better mum, just like getting up in the middle of the night for emergency and saving someone's life. You know, when a, when a beeper goes off, you're on trauma. Suddenly getting up to breastfeed and stay in your pyjamas seemed like a walk in the park. So, or dealing with emergencies. Um, uh, all those decision-making skills and judgment that, that I had years of training for made parenting really easy. So I understood the skills that I got. I understood the opportunities that my son got through the my work, and I can talk a bit more about those in detail, but he would never have had those opportunities if I didn't work. And so over time, I came to realise that I was a better mother. I had a better interaction engagement. I continued to grow and learn because of the constant skills you're learning as a businesswoman. And I was able to teach those to my son. And that really helped me overcome my working mum guilt. You know, and Samantha, I think that's a really good point because there's nothing to say and there's anything wrong about being a stay-at-home mom, but there's something to be said about being a working mom and still doing all the things and still taking yeah. to, you know, the the swim practice and the soccer games and, and all of the different events still being there. You know, I, I think one of my aha moments for, for me, like to, that kind of got rid of a lot of the mom guilt that that I had was I was sitting, I was sitting in, in, in the kitchen. I'll never forget it. My, my daughter was sitting on the floor. She sits by the heater um, in the mornings and she was like, so mom, wait, what is it that you do? And I was like, well, I don't want to go and like trying to, you know, explain social media strategy to her. Um, I was like, oh, well, you know, I have clients and, you know, I, I, I do stuff for them. She's like, oh, so do you have like people that work for you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I've got like four, you know, I've got so-and-so and she was like, wait, so, so you're a boss. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Mommy is a boss. And she, I just saw like when she said that, and I said that I was, and she just felt like this pride, that like my mom's a boss. That's awesome. And it was just this whole, I was kind of like, yeah, it is pretty cool. I am a boss. I'm able to, you know, help provide for my family. I'm still taking them to school. I'm still picking them up. I'm still taking them to practices. And I've been able to do a lot of that, you know, around a lifestyle that fits for me and, and my family. And it is a sense of pride that, you know, my daughter is proud of me. You know, I'm, it makes me proud that my daughter's proud. And I think that that is something that we can use to kind of, you know, put a little flag in, in our, you know, how far we have come with our entrepreneur journey. Um, so, I mean, like, and I think that too, with, with being an entrepreneur or, or being a business owner, it can be hard to try and juggle all of the things. So, you know, how, how would you t- talk to us a little bit about how you maybe be able to uh, work and still work, but still spend more time with your kids because 
when we're working, like right now I'm at my office and they are at uh, one's at grandma's and the other one is at a, a camp, um, a sport and splash camp. So, I mean, they're gone. So I'm, I'm getting my stuff done now, but how would you, how would you explain about using work to spend more time with your kids? Yes. So that's another area. Again, I, I had to really find a way to, so I think we've talked about trying to separate uh, work and parenting and we've used that and that's created the guilt and that's created this ongoing struggle between work-life balance. Every time you want to spend more time on your career, you feel bad about your, your, your and vice versa and you just go up and down. So I ended up finding a way to use my work to spend more time with my son. So I've, I've only got the one. So that what that did is um, he came to board meetings from the word go. When he I went to pick him up from kindy when he was about three, the, the kindy teacher, I don't know if you call it kindy, um, said, uh, you know, today your son got all the little toys and sat around on the floor in a circle and said he was having a board meeting, okay? So, you know, the other three-year-olds aren't doing this and that's because I took him to work. But it progressed to I was speaking at convention centres around, you know, Australia and uh, when I was at conferences and on stage, you know, he'd be, uh, he'd come into all the scientific sessions with me Um and some even at home, I would often practice um, in front of him. Um, he, I'll get him to time me. Um, I, if I was doing interviews, get him to ask questions. He's just won his school public speaking competition as a teenager. So I, I use him. You know how crazy it is. Like just doing school drop off in the morning. It's like okay, tell me what's on my day sheet. It's like my own PA. Uh, send this SMS. Send this email. He can type and text way faster than I can. Uh So um, even topics that I've had to, you know, you have to research sometimes online, you know, can you look, can you answer this question? Because they use all those researching skills at school. So he's learned a whole lot about public speaking, the self-publishing world, uh, doing interviews. I've utilised him in my work. It builds great skills that he's going to need in life Mm -hmm. and it builds what you were talking about, which is respect. Yeah. Um, And not only that, networking, you know, he's had amazing experiences, He's got to meet people that he wouldn't have otherwise ever had to meet if I didn't have the sort of career that I have that have given me wonderful opportunities to meet people or conferences or hear amazing keynote speakers at events. So by taking him and engaging him and utilising him in my work, even in the tech side, you know, can you edit this video for me? Can you fix this for me? Um, Helps us uh, collaborate and become engaged and not separate him from work. And I know that I'm able to give him amazing skills and opportunity at the same time. Yeah. I will. And I think that exactly with, you know, what you're saying there, like you've given, you've shown him that there's a whole nother way of having a career. You know, you can be a speaker. The, the networking is an extremely important part of, of being a business owner. And, you know, like before I owned my own business, I, I've said this on the podcast a lot, but I was always like, why would you, why would anyone want to go talk about work after work? That sounds horrible. Why would people want to go networking? But as a business owner, it's everything. You need to be networking. You need to be hearing other people's stories and not just for new business, but it really is all about who you know when opportunities present themselves. I grew up 
from uh, both my parents worked uh, at corporate jobs, but my, my dad was a, a side hustler. So he was a flight attendant for United airlines. And when he was home, in addition to being my softball coach, he also uh, was a realtor for a time. He was also a, uh, he owned his own uh, window screening business. I mean, like he did a number of different things and looking back on it now, I see that I gained a lot of those qualities because I was all now I'm like with social media, I was doing it as a side hustle. I had my corporate job, but I always was trying to learn new ways to grow my reach and help businesses out on social media. Being a social media, anything didn't exist up until about a decade ago. So, I mean, it was always an, in addition to, but doing by having that side hustle of like helping bands with their MySpace pages in exchange for free concert tickets, it then showed me the pathway of entrepreneurship and, and having my own business. And I probably would have never even thought about the side hustle if my dad wasn't a part-time entrepreneur. So talk to us just a little bit about how, you know, when you are an entrepreneur and like what you're doing with your son, you know, he, he'll sit in the car and he helps you with notes. He's at events networking with you. Talk to us a little bit about how that helps build up confidence and self-belief and maybe a little bit of those entrepreneur uh, qualities in your, in your children. So I spent quite a bit of time thinking actually about this because um, my second children's picture book was when I'm an entrepreneur and that those books come out of exactly what you're talking about. I think the number one foundation is self-belief. So all the entrepreneurs out there that are spending that sweat equity are doing it because they believe in their dream. They believe that it's going to go somewhere, that they're going to have a breakthrough, that they're going to get success, that it's going to pay off long term. And that Without that self-belief, nothing really follows through. And so that's why I'm passionate about building self-belief from an early age, um, as well as addressing career gender stereotypes because of my specific role with so few women being surgeons. But from that self-belief then becomes self-esteem, self-confidence, perseverance in the face of adversity, and all the other things that you need to make um, your dream come true. And part of that journey resulted in me looking at what I felt were the key qualities of entrepreneurship and then converting those into a children's picture book. Things like um, having big dreams, um, uh, doing things differently, um, having a daily routine, reading every day, uh, standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, um, running your own race. And these are the, the, the mantras almost that have, that have become from the When I'm an Entrepreneur book um, with illustrations. And like most things, the best way that you instill those qualities of entrepreneurship in your child is, by, is to lead by example. And yeah. so when you're an entrepreneur, if you're living those qualities, you know, learn from my mistakes, um, solve people's problems, all the things it takes, they see that. they uh, And children are amazing because for them, they don't learn it, they absorb it um, and it just becomes a given where we've had to kind of almost teach ourselves that that's the way. They start off from our base, it's a given and they fly from there. So I have felt that you know, those entrepreneurial qualities, even if your children are not going to become an entrepreneur, are 
fantastic uh, skills in life. The other thing that you highlighted with your father is, and I think really important for the future, is these hybrid skills and the ability for people to have so many areas that they specialise in. We know we we all know that people are going to be spending less time in their career and have multiple careers now rather than the one career for life. But the world's a changing place, and even within those careers, another one of the the articles that I've written on my website talks about how I was so surprised that going out and writing actually helped me become a surgeon just with the skills. The other thing is learning new things, challenging our, our brain, and being a surgeon might sound challenging, but you know after twenty years. Uh, I really, learning other things about what I was doing isn't anywhere near as challenging as a whole new industry and all the skills, as well as the opportunity to do something creative or use parts of my brain that wouldn't be used normally in my traditional role. And they're also really important as far as maintaining your mental acuity. Um, And that is really important for strategic thinking uh, and business decision making as an entrepreneur. Uh, Yeah. And I think that even when we don't think our kids are watching, they are, you know, um, that's one of the, man, I, I, my seven-year-old, she throws me for a loop. Like I'll be (laughs) saying something or or doing something. And then she'll all of a sudden pipe up with something. I'm like, how did you remember that? I like meant, I didn't think you were even listening, but she's always watching, um, always observing. And it's, is need to see the qualities that that you value start to emerge in your children. Well, Samantha, this has been an awesome episode. You've shared a ton of great tips about, you know, just being confident in what you're doing and, you know, passing it along to our kids because it can sometimes make us, I, I mean, I know I struggle with it with, I mean, like even taking time off during the summer, I, I really reduce my workload so I can be at home with my kids more. And when I was blocking out my calendar, I was like, oh gosh, I, I'm, you know, I can't believe I'm doing this. Is this enough time to get stuff done? Is this enough time to allow like client calls? And I was like, it is, you know, and yeah, I might not be closing as many new, new deals in the summer, but that's okay. I'm at home with them and they, I'm spending time with them and you know what, in about another six, seven years, they're probably not going to care about hanging out with mom and going to the pool um, because they'll be with their friends. So taking advantage of it while I can. So Samantha, where's the best way that people can get those books of yours and connect with you further online? So the Amazon and all the other online retailers is the easiest place to get the book, the books, um, the No Recipe Cookbook, which is another problem I had to solve, which is what's what's for dinner if you don't cook, um, and the children's picture books when I'm a surgeon, when I'm an entrepreneur. And coming out in a couple of months is when I'm an astronaut. There'll be a... Uh, uh, pre-order available. So if people want to join my wa- ma- mailing list, they can go to my website, www.samanthapillay.com. And there I've got articles written on the topics that we've discussed. There's free colouring pages that people can download for their kids from the activity books. There's meal uh, samples, chapters from the No Recipe Cookbook. And there's all my social media links for LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today. It has been awesome having you on the show. And I can't thank you enough for for waking up early to, to join us on this episode today. 
Thank you, Katie. It's been fantastic. You know, this is the virtual travel that I've been, that most of us have been doing for a long time. So I'm actually going more places now <laughs> further because everything's online, so it doesn't make any difference. Well, so, welcome you know, to I, Denver. <laughs> exactly. What a, what a way to start the day. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.